This is In-Ear Insights, the Trust Insights Podcast. In this week's In-Ear Insights, as folks get ready for the fall and uh, the perennial content marketing world, uh, the folks over at CMI sent us uh, some interesting questions. We figured we'd tackle at least one of them. Uh, Today's question is, what is your biggest pet peeve about the content marketing industry or content marketing in general? Uh, I have some thoughts on this, but Katie, let's hear from you. What is your biggest pet peeve about content marketing and the content marketing industry? Lack of planning. And I say that not because so before i get a bunch of you know angry people responding that that's all that content marketers do yes you're right you plan on a calendar you have the systems you preload things that's all really good planning what i mean by lack of planning is i can't tell you the number of times i've sat in a meeting um or you know on the phone with someone and said well what should we write about next it's like i'm sorry do you, you don't have that part of your plan outlined? You haven't done your research to figure out what people want to know about. And so that to me is sort of my pet peeve is the, it's like 50% planned. It's planned in the sense that they know they need to have a plan. And so there is some sort of a content schedule, but there's no data behind the schedule, it's more guessing than anything of like, I don't know, I feel like maybe we should write about this. And I feel like we haven't written about this in a while. And to be fair, Chris, you and I are <laughs> guilty of this as well. We're 100% guilty. We actually, because we've been now recording this podcast for three minutes. And three minutes prior to this podcast, what do you want to talk about today? So we are guilty of it as well. So I'm not saying that you and I are above it we are also, we also fall into this realm of lack of planning. I I would agree with that. Although I will say in our defense, when we do look at our data and things like, you know, what's been trending for us in search console, et cetera, um, we've actually covered a lot of the basics already. So it's less about, we have no idea what to talk about. More like, okay, what can we talk about that we have not already done, Mm -hmm. possibly to death? Um, (laughs) So it's, it's not a complete lack of planning on our part. True. Well, so what are some of your pet peeves? Uh, I, I really only have one, and that is there's so much terrible, valueless, company-centric content out there that doesn't add value or benefit to the audience at all, right? Um, I was reading a post this weekend. Somebody was saying, like, here's the, here's, you know, the way the public relations is changing. Is you, have to, you have to be controversial and provocative. I'm like, no, you don't. You have to say something useful nobody cares if your product is, you know, version 4.2 and you send out a bunch of press releases. Nobody cares uh, if you're saying, you know, we're the fastest, best turnkey integrated solution, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't help me as the audience member, right? Give me something that helps me prove your value to me as a company, as a content marketer, in some way that actually benefits me, the audience, instead of you, the company. Because, yeah, we get it. You know, you, you have to promote, you have to get attention, you have to do these things to, to maintain mindshare. But the easiest and best way to maintain mindshare is to be useful to your customers, especially if they haven't bought from you yet, because it's still, it's kind of like you're in that, in that dating phase, you have to figure out, is this thing even working or not, right? When I see the content that comes across, you know, my inbox and things, it's all the same dreck. And I'm like, there's nothing here. I mean, we've talked at length about, you know, what can we do with our own marketing, but we always default back to what would actually be useful to our audience to help them remember we exist. 
So I think that, you know, that brings up an interesting perspective on the pet peeves of content marketing is there's so much thought leadership. And I am putting it in quotes because I think a lot of the thought leadership is BS. Uh, there's so much <laughs> thought leadership conference out there with the, well, here's the future state of, and here's what's coming. But what we as marketers really need is the, so what, like, great, but what do I do about it? And so I think, you know, if I'm thinking about my pet peeves of content, it's just, here's my opinion, period. And I'm like, but what do I do with that? What, what action do I need to take? Give me one or two steps, like now go do this, or now go read this thing, which will help you understand, you know, the word jumble that I just spit on you. It's true. I mean, one of the most successful clients that we've ever had, and it was, it was, you know, uh, an ambitious undertaking, um, was working with T-Mobile for years. And as regardless of what we did for them, their overall core strategy was the most sensible strategy I've ever seen from a company, which is, hey, let's make a list of all the things our customers hate and stop doing it. Right. And they actually made announcements about this. And, you know, the uncarrier movement, uncarrier seven uh, was, hey, you know, with that whole thing where we add a bunch of taxes and fees and other random stuff to your bill, we're going to stop doing that. Here's your bill. It's one number. Mm -hmm. That's it. There's no extra garbage. I'm sure some of those things were still built in there, but they just stopped putting it on the, the monthly bill. So you're like, well, what is this, you know, random bizarre fee? And that provides value to the customer. Right. It's 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 simple. Hey, we're, here's all the things our customers hate. We're going to stop doing it. There's a very obvious, so what there? So what? We're going to annoy you less. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> and I don't feel like it's particularly when you look at a lot of the content marketing that anyone's thinking along those lines. And it's, it's telling to me that, you know, T-Mobile won so many awards and is still known, to, you know, to this day for, Hey, let's annoy our customers less. Like they would think that'd be common sense, but it, it's so rare that it, it it's award winning. Well, the let's annoy our customers less, it becomes that, you know, insecurity, that FOMO, like, well, what if they forget about us for a day? What if they forget about us for two days? What if we're not in their face every five minutes? Will we become irrelevant? And it's, it's the wrong way to think about brand awareness. And it's the wrong way to think about customer loyalty. Um, I have definitely unsubscribed to a lot of emails and stopped following a lot of brands for that very reason because there's nothing of value it's too much like multiple emails a day or even just a daily email like hey i emailed you yesterday did you get it hey i emailed you two days ago did you get it? it's like I, i'm busy i got stuff going on i'll get back to you when i have a minute but like settle down and you're right it is a lot like dating like i've definitely broken up with people for less and it's, you know, if they are going to annoy me every single day because I haven't gotten back to them yet and they don't have faith that I will reach out when I have time, I can't. Like, I just, I can't. Oh, which sort of brings back to the central theme of, you know, when we look at, at the things that give or take away value, uh, we forget as marketers, we forget the things that we do in our human lives that we don't like. Like nobody likes, you know, that that person that's just like constantly clinging to you. Like that's just not a comfortable thing unless you have codependency issues. Um, nobody likes um, somebody who makes you something all the time that you don't want, you didn't ask for, and you don't like. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's it, it would be like going to a restaurant and them giving you uh you know random dishes that you didn't order, and you're like, hey, do you like it? Like, no, this is not what I just just give me a slice of pizza and stop you know giving me all this other stuff that I didn't ask for, and so. Mm-hmm. I guess the you know to to make it meta, the so what for us is well, how do we fix this? You know, it it's one thing for us to sort of complain about the content marketing landscape as a whole, but where we need to start is with ourselves, and that's true for any brand, any company, any marketer. Is start with yourself, start with your team, start with your company. How are you contributing to the problem? Take a look at your content and all the things that you know, make you frustrated about other brands, are you also doing the same because it's quote unquote, what marketers are supposed to do or quote unquote, how content is supposed to be written? Are you doing clickbait? Are you, you know, spewing off your opinions without any sort of useful call to action? Like, are you doing the things that you don't like that other brands do? So start there. And then you need to make a decision either whether it's with your company or just with yourself of what kind of content do you want to put out there? If you want to continue to put out the clickbait, that's fine. But you also need to know that there is a downside to that and that people are going to get really annoyed by it. For us, one of our core uh, values and mission is that we want to provide value to people. We want to help people get unstuck from where they are with their data, with their marketing with themselves with their teams so if we're just giving them opinions and no actual calls to action we're part of the problem as well so our first the way that we start to fix it is to really take a hard look at our content and make sure that everything we're putting out there not only introduces the problem but also gives people a couple of different solutions to try go try this maybe have you thought about doing it this way because Again, the thing that annoys me is reading something and then going, so now what do I do? Yep. And the other thing that, again, it, it seems like it should be obvious, and yet it, it is not for whatever reason, is just asking people and then doing what they've asked. So this is somewhat uncomfortable for me. Um, I <laughs> ran a survey right to my news to my newsletter saying hey you know, what do you think about the length of the newsletter the frequency uh the variety and i've got these little spark charts here um mm-hmm. and you know it's numbers you know five being the highest uh, one being the lowest and of the three things that the length frequency and variety the one that's the lowest is length and stuff and um you know there's this and if you look at the little spark chart there's a sizable amount on this left hand side that says yeah your newsletter's too long and i'm like dang it and now that i've asked people Uh i now have to go and do something with the information go okay well what should i do to make it less lengthy because clearly i mean yes there's a a a good chunk of people on this on the right hand side of this little spark chart that says yes uh your newsletter is uh is just the right length um but there's also a whole bunch of people who are like yeah it's too long so Mm -hmm. there's i have to maybe not be cut it down drastically but i do have to shorten it because i asked people mm-hmm. answered and now i have to to, to you know as we were saying earlier stop doing the things that annoy customers well and that's a you know that brings up an uh, another point is you know so chris you're saying the easiest thing to do is to ask people what they want a lot of cus- a lot of companies do that 
but they don't actually take action. It's more lip service than anything. And so it's, again, sort of bringing it back to the way that you act in your personal life should mirror what you do in your professional life. And so, you know, if there's, if you're about to make a bad decision on a Friday night, let's just say, I won't go into like details, but let's just say you're, you know, in your mind, you've already made up in your mind, you're going to make a bad decision. Don't ask your friends opinions. Cause you know, they're going to say, don't do it. Don't do the thing. Don't make the bad decision because you're not going to take that advice. You have already made up your mind that you're going to go ahead and do the stupid thing that, you know, you're probably going to regret on Saturday, but you want to go ahead and do it anyway. If you take that and then apply it to your marketing, don't ask your customers if you already know the direction you want to go in because you're wasting their time. And then when they don't see you actually taking their advice, they're going to get super frustrated. And instead of, you know, getting into a Twitter fight with one of your friends, you might be getting into a public Twitter fight with like your customers and ruining your brand reputation because you're not listening to your customers. You're not giving them what they've asked for. Um, I can recall, oh, it was, it's, it's a similar situation where Chris, you and I were actually in this situation where um, for a couple of days, a group of employees were brought into a conference room and asked their opinion about what they wanted a new office space to look like. And we all got super excited. We're like, we want this, we want this. And it would be cool if we had this and we, it would be more productive if we had this. And, you know, we want plants because everything is so white and sterile. We just want some plants. Well, little did we know that it was really just like a time waster because none of the things that we asked for happened. The decisions had already been made of how a new office space was going to look. And when we all got there, quite frankly, we were pissed because we found out afterwards that our time was wasted. Our opinions were not valued and not a single thing we said was listened to. I remember that. I remember, uh, in fact, uh, being told, oh, yeah, we just recycled some of the furniture from one of our other offices to, you know, to this one. Like, OK, so what was the point of all that? You know, and I think that it was it was definitely deceitful to the employees who were spending time you know, getting really excited, being quote unquote ambassadors to this new space to get other people excited. And we all just felt let down and deceived because none of the things that we had asked for or wanted or wished were going to happen. And had they just said up front, hey, you know what? The decisions have already been made. Unfortunately, this is how it's going to be. We wouldn't have gotten our hopes up to have like a living plant wall or I don't know, cubicles with walls <laughs> uh yeah it's it's things like that that remind me of why we're, we're so happy we created our own company <laughs> it, it reminds me too of what seth godin often says about data and analytics too right which is you know if you're not going to change what you eat or how often you exercise don't get on the scale because you're not going to make any changes you, if you've mm -hmm. decided you're not going to make any changes don't measure, don't collect data on it. And I actually agree with that because at that point you are wasting your time, you're wasting your resources. Um, and if you make, if, if you've decided your company centric content is gonna be your content marketing, you know, the CEO said 100% of our Twitter posts must be about the company. <clears throat> you know, at that point, great, you, you gotta live with it or you can change companies, right? Um, because it's probably not going to change. Um, and if you recognize that your company is creating terrible content and it's not going to change 
your choices are either you know crank out the terrible content, do something else that is valuable and just stop content marketing, and that would be okay if there's other things that are more effective, uh, mm -hmm. or change companies. There's there's really oh, are there any other options for a marketer who's trapped in a company where they're just cranking out crap? I mean, the the option is always to try to fight the good fight, and it really comes down to you know, how invested you are in it, how much you believe and how much you think you can affect change. Um, you know, so if you are working with a team, a CEO, a CMO, whoever it is who makes a decision that you think is just steadfast and not going to listen to any other information, then it might not be worth trying to fight it. But if you work with someone who's open and it just maybe doesn't realize that having only company centric content isn't working and here's why, and here's a potential solution to try, let me do a little test, then that might be a good way to go to be like, well, let me just test a small, you know, once a day or one hour a day or whatever, you know, the proof of concept is to see, I mean, maybe my assumptions are wrong. Maybe it, we are more successful doing only company centric content, but at least then we'll know that that's the, course that we should be following versus I wonder what if. Mm -hmm. Yep. I've actually had that question myself. Um, when I look at the content that gets most engaged in our Google Analytics and in our link tracking analytics, especially 85 to 90% of it's our stuff. I'm like, I wonder if we should just pivot to doing our stuff. I mean, it seems like it's, it seems like it's the antithesis of a common best practice, but the data mm -hmm. clearly says our own stuff does better than 90% of what we share. Um, there's occasionally breakthroughs here and there, but when I look back at like two years worth of data, it's like 90% of our stuff that gets sh that gets clicked on as links in our like social feeds and stuff mm -hmm. is our stuff. And I'm like, are we doing content marketing wrong? <laughs> well, and I think that that sort of comes back to sort of the original question of what are your pet peeves of content marketing? It's different for every company that yes, there are, frameworks and formulas and recipes and best practices, but ultimately every single company is different. Every set of customers and audience members is different. So therefore you have to start to personalize your strategy to who your customers are versus what your competition is doing. Because your competition might not have the exact same set of customers so you need to make sure that you're doing what works for your customers, not just what you think is the most competitive. And so Chris, to your question, you know, are we doing it wrong? Maybe, maybe we are. Like we are basing what we're doing off of something that you told me was shared with you, what, 10 years ago, maybe. I'm, I'm making up numbers, but like it was not yesterday. It's something that we've been doing for a while because of the way that you were told to do it you know, a while back. So now that we've collected enough information, maybe we as Trust Insights start to test, maybe we pull back on the third party content that we share and become more company centric. Maybe we see if there's a different balance we should strike, or maybe we test becoming completely company centric for a couple of weeks and see if we lose a bunch of customers. Right. Yeah. See if, you, if engagement drops off or if it doesn't. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. And that's, that's, you know, goes back to the, uh, the whole point about, you know, these, these peeves, pet peeves about content marketing is if you're doing stuff that isn't working, stop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think that that there's a confidence in that. 
And it's a confidence that not every company or every marketing team has to stop doing something. Yep, exactly. So to wrap up, our pet peeves, no plans and doing things that don't add value or benefits to the audience. So to the extent that you can, look at your data and see if if what you're doing is working. Uh, if you can, you know, network with uh, other colleagues and see what their relative levels of performance are. Ask them, hey, like, what's the average, uh, you know, time on site for your company or things like that. Just, to, you know, not nothing that's going to be like super competitive, but just ask people how are other sites and other content marketing programs working. Um, listen to and read through, you know, winning awards submissions, things like content marketing um, awards, uh, so that you can see like what is the best in class doing these days. And use that as benchmarks to say, yeah, either our content marketing is working for us or it's not. And then please, if something's not working, stop doing it. But that's that's the, the, the most important lesson. If something's not working, stop doing it because you're just wasting your time and, and irritating your audience. I mean, I shouldn't eat ice cream every day, but I do. <laughs> Here we are. I should stop. I'm not gonna. <laughs> dang CEOs. Uh, <laughs> if you have comments or questions or anything in today's episode and you'd like to chat about it, go over and over to our free Slack group, Analytics for Marketers at trustinsights.ai slash analytics for marketers, where you and over 1,800 other marketers are discussing uh, things every day. And wherever it is that you're watching or listening to this episode, if there's a place you'd rather get it, chances are you can find it over on the podcast page at trustinsights.ai slash TI podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Need help making your marketing platforms, processes, and people work smarter? Visit trustinsights.ai today and learn how we can help you deliver more impact.